Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Black Women Know Sports podcast. And today I am joined by Simone Stanley. And Simone, I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor so you can introduce yourself. Okay, yeah, I'm Simone. I'm a reporter and YouTuber based in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. Been in Atlanta for about three years now, three or four years now. So yeah, everything's been good since I got here. It's a lot of um, opportunities in the sports field. Um, that's what brought me down to Atlanta. So I love it so far. And you're a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan, I see. Yeah. <laughs> How did you become a Philadelphia Eagles fan? So my family, they're from um, up north. Like all my family, they're from DC on both sides. So. Everyone in my family are NFC East fans, um, a lot of Washington fans, a lot of Eagles fans, a lot of um, Dallas fans. So when I was growing up, I just, you know, a lot of my favorite cousins and uncles and other sorts were all Eagles fans. Um, I was a tomboy, so my favorite color was green. So I just gravitated to the Eagles. When did you know that you wanted to get involved with sports journalism? Always knew that I wanted to work in sports specifically because it was one of the only things that I was ever interested in. Um, I didn't know what path in sports I was going to take. So when I went to college, I went to um, NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina. I majored in sports management because that was the only like sports specific um, degree that we had. So I didn't know that I wanted to do um, broadcasting, journalism, anything like that. So I majored in sports management. That gave us like a taste of everything um, in the sports field. Um, so I did a lot of different things. I did a lot of marketing stuff. I did a lot of operations. I did a lot of um, finance internships. But I've always loved talking about sports. I just never thought that it would be an actual career path. Um, but of course, like with social media really booming at the time and um, like YouTube and just digital platforms really booming at the time, it was really the perfect time for me because I just started my own platform really just out of fun at first. And then it kind of just turned into a career path. And so you kind of started dabbling into business in a way. Yeah. So I started. So I actually was in my minor was accounting. So I actually did a lot of sports finance internships. I did a lot of accounting because um, it was I mean, obviously it made good money and I was in college. So a lot of like the accounting internships, you know, made a lot of money and also um I did an internship with the Charlotte Hornets in their finance department. Um, so I was really good at like accounting. It just wasn't a passion. Mm -hmm. And how was your college career at NC State? I really liked it. Our department, um, the sports management department was very, very small, which was really good because all the teachers knew us. All the um, professors knew our different goals and what we were good at, our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and also being in the ACC, it was a lot of, really big games and really big events um, that came to campus that we could be a part of. So I got a lot of good experience being at NC State and being able to get so much hands-on experience in different departments and areas like marketing, like I said, operations. I even did um, some athletic training um, at a time. So it was a wealth of experiences. Do you remember your first interview? I think the first one of the first ones I did was a media style one because I was working for the newspaper and we were covering the like we covered the Hawks of course and we covered the G League team so I think a lot of them were like the group ones like in the locker room or after the game where it wasn't like one-on-one -on -one. I want to say one of my well one of my first professional ones and then I also was going to the ABL, which is a um, pro-am league here in Atlanta 
So maybe I would want to say that was one of the first events I started covering. So I want to say once some of those like semi-pro athletes, like one guy, um, Lorenzo Carter, um, he was there. And I think he was one of my first ones, but that's terrible of me. Cause honestly, I don't remember because it has been so many. So when did you start to become comfortable and confident when conducting your interviews? After getting a ton of reps, because like I said, I was interviewing so many different people. And of course, early on, I would be nervous. I still honestly do get nervous. Um, but I would say maybe I would say maybe a year into interviewing because early on I wasn't doing a lot of one-on-one interviews. So I wasn't having like consistent reps. So it took a while. Like so now I do a lot of interviews. So I, I got a lot more reps um in a short amount of time. But when it was coming, like when I first started, when it was coming like here and there sporadically, then it was hard for me to get comfortable because you know it's been a while since I've done an interview. So I would say um a year in. So pretty much after COVID, because during COVID, I was doing a lot of interviews on Zoom, you know, just trying to find some content. Probably after COVID, so 2021. Um, what story that you've covered so far would you say is probably the most memorable for you? The most memorable story? That's a good question. <laughs> you have a lot because you've done so many of them. I, I just... know. And usually I'm doing like covering games. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily like covering side, like stories, like necessarily outside the game. Like usually I'm covering the game and, you know, what went on in the game and, you know, what to expect and like game analysis type stuff. Um, So I would say a story, I would say Kevin Ware, because um, when he was at Louisville, I believe he was playing at Louisville. I know he was playing in the ACC. He had that big um, injury scare um, during March Madness and like his bone was um, popped out his body. Um, And then I saw him, he was trying out for the G League team in Atlanta, the Skyhawks team. So it was just like, that was like a huge moment in sports and like one of the scariest moments early on when it came to an injury. Um, just so, so just to see him like getting back, back on his feet, still playing the game, being able to love the game. I think that was like one of the really like, wow, like this is someone I was watching in college. Like that was a moment I remember, like, it's just so to see him in person and see him back out on the court, that was really big. So who was your representation growing up? Who inspired you to get involved into sports journalism? Definitely Carrie, um, Carrie Champion, seeing her. Um, on SportsCenter, on TV, Jamel. I followed them for a long time and just seeing their journey, them being brown women, which is big because I mean, that's what I am. Um, Not just a black woman, but also, you know, a brown woman. So seeing them thriving uh, on TV, being their natural selves and um, especially Jamel with her braids. And, you know, that's a big part of our culture and just to see, um, her representing on national TV and just being fully fledged a black woman, not hiding any aspect of ourselves. So Carrie and Jamel were, and then just knowing like the relationship that they had um, with each other was inspiring because a lot of people preach, you know, the sisterhood, but just to see them to like push and motivate each other and how much they leaned on each other. That was definitely big. Um, And Pam Oliver, um, I'm a huge football fan, obviously. So I grew up watching Pam so much and just Pam, the longevity, the professionalism, 
all about her business. Pam is definitely one of the people that I really looked up to and continue to. Now you covered a lot of sports um, from high school, college and pro football to MLB to volleyball, basketball, baseball, all the sports I would say. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite sport to cover? So right now I really, really enjoy baseball because baseball is so laid back um, during the game. I love football as a spectator. Um, but covering football is one of the most, football is definitely one of the most hectic sports to cover um, just because of the way, you know, you're moving up and down the sidelines. It's a lot that's going on in game, a lot that's going on on the sidelines. Um, it's very hectic on game day, um, but baseball is so laid back, just very chill vibe. Um, in between innings, you have a long time in between innings versus like football, you know, you're not sure when, you know, a break is gonna happen with the stop clock and when a timeout's gonna come. But with the with baseball, you know, you have those set top of the inning, mid inning, bottom of the inning. It's just it's just a very good um schedule in game and it makes everything it's so much more calm and then of course you know there's not a lot of move like i said you're not moving up and down the sidelines you're just moving from literally one dugout to the next when appropriate and the guys are just so laid back um in the dugout versus you know football games very rowdy on the sidelines so this is very chill environment so covering wise i am glad i'm getting a lot of my um, a lot of experience in baseball because it's helping ease into it. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. What made you want to start doing these TikTok videos and these YouTube videos? So really, um, with YouTube, I, like I said, I've always loved talking about sports. Everybody always told me you need to be talking about sports. You need to be somewhere because that's literally what I do 24 seven, even when the camera's not on, like growing up, like my family, even still now, we're always debating sports. We're debating the game. We're debating the news that's going on. Like that's literally like one of our biggest bonds as a family is sports. Um, so it's something I've always done um, and always loved to do. So I don't know what took me so long, but um, I was literally like, okay, let me go ahead and make this YouTube page. Um, so I'm glad I did. I love YouTube and being on YouTube helped me get comfortable on camera overall. Like even when I'm doing stuff that's not on YouTube, like doing YouTube and, and getting those reps every day helped me get comfortable on camera um, for other positions and being able to apply that to different outlets and, and platforms. So of course, once TikTok came, I had to you know, go on TikTok and, you know, pretty much post kind of the same things on YouTube and TikTok. But having those platforms is definitely a way to get comfortable if this is something that you want to do and also make money. Like I've been monetized on YouTube for like two years now. And then also on TikTok, I don't even have that many followers on TikTok, like compared to like the large creators. I'm not even at 10,000 yet on TikTok, but I get a lot of like sponsorship money and sponsorship placements and stuff from TikTok. So it's a way to make money as well. Nice. And yeah, you have like a business aspect anyway, so you're kind of already tapped in. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> How is it like being a PA, a public announcer, and what made you gain interest in that? So really with the public announcing, PA announcing is not necessarily something I want to do long term, but it helps me one, learn, because I really, I'm interested in play-by-play -play and um, color commentary. 
and PA announcing helps, even though it's not play-by-play, it helps with like keeping up with the game, which you would have to do with play-by-play. So especially basketball, basketball is so fast-paced. So trying to keep up with the the calls and announcing the, the basketball games, um, I'm almost a thousand percent sure it's going to help me when I get those play-by-play opportunities because I'm used to calling the game, even though I'm calling it as a PA announcer, still keeping up with the game, staying alert and keeping my energy up throughout the whole game and and keeping up with, you know, the roster, the names, um, you know, everything, all the action that's going on in the game. And then also being able to, um, I hate to use the word perform, but I mean, it's the entertainment business. <laughs> but being able to perform in front of, you know, live people, because it's one thing to do a video in studio when I'm sitting here by myself, or it's one thing to do like a one-on-one interview or even during the game, like, you know, it's still just me and that person and the cameraman, nobody else can see or hear me. But when you're doing the PA, you know, you have a live audience, like that's a whole different animal. So of course I was like, when I first started, I was nervous because I'm like, oh, I'm not used to a live audience, uh, but it's really good because in this business, you never know like what opportunities, um, will arise and if there's an opportunity where you know I'm hosting something live or moderating a panel or doing something like that it won't be my first time like talking in front of a live audience so I think that's what um those transferable skills that I'm getting from the PA what is the most rewarding thing about your profession I think the relationships like with the people so I work a lot of my work is in um college and high school sports so those guys and girls they are still very enthusiastic when it comes to the media you know when they get older and become veterans they're not they don't like the media um but where i'm working right now they love the media like just seeing like the the passion and the happiness and the way the guys enjoy the exposure like and the family enjoying the exposure and like their family enjoying like the interviews and that's definitely the most rewarding part just building those relationships being like a positive because i don't do anything negative thank goodness being a part a positive part well sometimes on my youtube you know i gotta talk about you know the eagles are messing up you know gotta talk about it but <laughs> with the interviews it's never anything negative so just being like a positive you know part of their day because a lot of the guys like i said college high school they love doing the interviews they love the exposure they love the media so just being something that they enjoy is definitely the most rewarding part. You touched on confidence and authenticity a little earlier, but you know, as you were saying, you do make these YouTube videos and these TikToks and you may give some opinions that may not be, you know, everyone may not agree with. So how do you maintain your authentic personality um, in front of social media and just in person? I'm someone who's always like, I know I'm a very self-aware person. So like, I know my personality and I know, you know, myself. But when I first started on YouTube, like my first couple of videos, I definitely was like, you know, I wasn't comfortable being on camera. So I was definitely not my like full authentic self because I was just starting out getting my reps. Um, but after those first 10 videos, I'm definitely comfortable being myself, being my authentic self. And it's sports. I mean, most of the time people aren't going to agree with you. Like the biggest thing about sports is debating because it's two sides to everything. So I really enjoy it. Like I'm someone who really enjoys back and forth. I love debates. So it's just something that I take with it. I, uh, that's one of the one of the best aspects, in my opinion, is having like a friendly back and forth. You know, I collaborate a lot with other YouTubers and even Eagles YouTubers. We don't agree 99% of the time, even just on the, the topic of the Eagles. So it's one thing that, and, and the viewers love it. They love back and forth. They love when we're arguing. So it's good.
<laughs> what is the best advice that you've received as a journalist? I would definitely say, like you said, being your authentic self, because if you try to not be yourself, it's going to come out at some point, um, especially when you do so much stuff. Like as your career starts to grow and you get more exposure, and you get more opportunities. You definitely want to be yourself because that's what you default to. And that's a good thing because on every platform that you're on, you are your own brand. Being yourself, your own personality is what separates you from other people. That's what makes you stand out. There's a million Eagles fans, probably more than a million Eagles fans, probably, I would think. And it's a bunch of Eagles YouTubers. But the only thing that I can bring different is being myself. If I'm on here trying to be the next person, be the next guy, be the next girl, then why would anyone want to come to my page? Why would anyone want to watch my video? They can watch whoever I'm imitating or whatever. Like, especially when it comes to the Eagles, it's only so much you can you can talk about. Um, Jalen Hurts, the game, what's going on at training camp. Like all the YouTubers were making the same videos because it's only so many topics. So what would bring someone to my page after watching to other Eagles YouTubers page. That's your own personality. That's why you have to be your own authentic self. That's what separates you from other people and what brings people back. So I think being yourself, whatever yourself is, is everyone has a personality, whether they think they do or not, everyone has a personality. So just tapping into yourself, whatever that is, and letting that shine. Because like I said, that's the only thing in this business that separates us. A lot of us have communication skills. A, a lot of us know how to articulate ourselves. A lot, anyone can ask, what adjustments did you make at halftime? Anyone can ask a question to someone. Anyone can be composed. Literally the only thing that you have as a content creator, as a reporter, as a host, is your personality. That's the only thing that's gonna separate you from the next person. Well, Simone, uh, you gave me great advice. I really, really appreciate it. And I know you give the audience great advice as well. I want to know what's next for you. And then also, where can people see you and follow you? So like I said earlier, I'm right now I'm working on getting more, um, getting some uh, play with the play experience, um, color commentating, because that's something that I really like to do, um, especially color commentary. Um, so right now, just, you know, working on my craft, working on, um, like I said, doing the PA, I think is definitely something that will help me a lot because um, one thing that I'm not good at is having an attention span. Um, so, you know, being alert and aware for, you know, a whole two hour game or whatnot is definitely something that, you know, with the PA is helping me like stay focused um, for a long period of time. So that's something I'm definitely working on. And you guys can find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Simone with the sports and Twitter, Simone underscore Stanley. Thank you so much, Simone. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Woman No Sports podcast. To learn more about our speaker or to shop Black Woman No Sports apparel, head over to the links in my show notes. I'll see you next week with another very important guest.